Hello, friends. I'm Luke, and I serve on the music team at Holy Family. We continue to hear stories from people like you who listen to the Holy Family podcast and consider Holy Family your church. And whether you're someone who's constantly on the go, hasn't found a church community where you live to which you can belong, or someone who's wondering about the shape of your faith, we are honored to be with you by sharing these reflections from our Sunday liturgies. We rely on the generosity of our congregation, which includes you wherever you listen, to help our ministry achieve and maintain financial health. If this podcast has been a gift to you, would you consider making a contribution so that we can continue offering resources that welcome questions, curiosities, and doubts? You can make a gift by following the link in our show notes. That's at holyfamilyhtx.org. From Holy Family HTX, an Episcopal church for people without a church, this is the Holy Family Podcast, a collection of ideas about leading a Jesus-centered life. We clearly explore the church's understandings while bringing our own questions, curiosities, and doubts, and we never demand fake agreement. Theological exploration is just better that way. So, let's take a moment of silence as we get ready to contemplate today's ideas. Who gave you this authority? A group has gathered together to conspire against Jesus. An interesting collection of people, actually. They keep coming together throughout Matthew's gospel. And now, towards the end, the conspirators ask him, Who gave you this authority? Now, a few verses earlier in this chapter, Jesus had gone into the temple and he had created quite a scene. And frankly, the consequences of his action are going to end up playing pretty heavily into his death. Today's gospel, Jesus sets up shop in the temple and begins to teach. Question they ask. It's not even that unfair of a question, is it? Who authorized you to do this? However, I think we ought to be a little more careful. They actually asked two questions in the gospel. Here's the first. What kind of authority do you have for doing things like this? Then, who gave you this authority? The first is a question about the nature of authority. The second is a question about the source of authority. To the question of nature, well, frankly, there are different kinds of authority, right? There's the kind of authority that you have by the virtue of your title. I am the assistant manager. I'm the teacher. I'm the captain. I'm the doctor. Often this means that certain decision rights come along with the title that you currently hold. 
that means this kind of authority rests in your title. But there's another kind of authority that you have by virtue of your reputation. I'm the five-time sales leader. I've led three turnarounds in my career. I've published a best-selling book. A million people listen to my podcast every week. This is the kind of authority that rests in what you've been able to get done. And people respect the reputation you have. Then there's another kind of authority that you have by virtue of what I'm calling your influence. You might not have an impressive title. Maybe to your eyes, you don't have all that impressive of a LinkedIn But because of who you are, when you speak, people get quiet and listen. Because of your wisdom, patience, your humility, your service, your sacrifice. And that's the kind of authority that no one can really bestow on you. That's the kind of authority that really rests in who you are. You either got it or you don't. And I'm sure that in a room like this, we can all think of a couple people in our life who maybe didn't seem all that impressive by the accolades of the world's standards, but yet if they were to say something to us, it would have more impact and influence and weight because of who they were as a person. the question about the nature of authority, theologian John Sabrino asks this question that I can't get out of my head this week. What sort of power is it that really and truly renders the deity present? Human beings automatically think of God as somebody who possesses and wields power, but Jesus Christ forces us to consider whether that deeply rooted conviction is true or not. What Sabrino is doing is applying a concept that we teach in our classes here called Christological pressure, which is a way to say that you're taking Jesus Christ and applying everything that we know about him to the ideas that we're considering. Today's idea is the idea of authority. So what Sabrino is doing is asking, what is authority in light of who Jesus Christ is? Instead of assuming we know what authority is and then pivoting to Jesus to see if it fits, we start with Jesus and ask, I wonder what authority must be in light of who he is. Now, if you and I were God and we had to make our grand appearance, well, we would probably whip up a big, powerful display for everybody. The playlist would be pretty good. The doors would kick open. We'd have some pyrotechnics. People would pay attention. That's not really how it worked with this God. With this God, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Born of a Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate. This God did not come to be served, but to serve. This is a God who shows that success in life is found in how we serve other people. 
This is a God who shows if you really want to know what greatness is, school yourself in humility. How you treat other people tells us whether or not you're anything close to the concept of great. But we don't learn this lesson easily. We're just not that kind of people. It is true that humans are made in the image of God. But we keep trying to return that favor and make God in our image. We always like to try to drag God down into our petty little games. And we discover our limits as creatures pretty quickly. When we discover our finitude, we are not satisfied. We want more. We want to grasp. We want to exploit everything that we've got to try and be more than who we are. My friends, Jesus Christ shows us a better way to be human if we'll let him. Jesus Christ actually has equality with God and refuses to exploit it. We were not so impressed with Jesus. In our obsession with making everything controlled, we have even tried to control God. And how'd that go for us? We let out all of our wrath on Jesus. We let out all of our violence on Jesus. We tried to send God away forever. God's ways are higher than our ways. God took our attempt to dethrone God and transformed the cross into the throne of heaven. The cross has always been a sign of authority. In the empire of Caesar, they created the cross to deter insurrectionists. If you're a bread thief, you didn't get crucified. They had other ways of dealing with you. Crucifixion was reserved for insurrectionists. And instead of just snapping their necks, they wanted to make a public spectacle out of you to send a message through you to everybody else. Do not forget who has real authority. Do not forget who the true Lord is. It ain't you. And it ain't this joker who we just strung up. No, no. It's Caesar. The cross has always been a power of authority that we tried to exert on to other people in our obsession with violence, and we even did it to God. Now, the cross does not appear to be full of power. In fact, it seems to be the antithesis of power and glory. To us, to our eyes, frankly, for a lot of Christians in 2023, they're embarrassed by the cross. They don't really know what to do with it. They heard something to do with it maybe in their church of youth and they just kind of thought, well, those details seem weird, so I think I'm just going to go crossless now. We don't really know what to do with the cross. The reason it seems bizarre to us is because we are convinced that we know what glory and power is. And furthermore, we're convinced we know what God is. And there's no way that the cross can have anything to do with power glory for God. It is easy for us to imagine that God is great and glorious, powerful, big, 
we really like our gods to be big, especially, I mean, Texans are like the worst at this, right? Um, we love the Almighty to be big. We create big words to talk about who God is. God is, I mean, allegedly omnipotent. God is allegedly omniscient. God is allegedly omnipresent. Not that you'll find those words in the Bible, but we're convinced that God must be that if God is God. And this is the real challenge of Jesus of Nazareth's cross. We have to let go of every assumption we have about God and what it means for God to be glorious and powerful and think first about Jesus on the cross and ask ourselves, what must glory and power be in light of who this is? I think we want our God to be big so that we can be big. I think we want our God to be big because we think bigness must be greatness and smallness must be trivial. But the cross teaches us that if we want to be like the real God, we should embrace small. We should embrace insignificance. We should stop measuring our success in life by how other people serve us and start getting in touch with how we serve other people, how we love other people whether or not anybody notices or not. Jesus' cross challenges us to find shame in honor and honor in shame. It challenges us to find humanity in glory and God even in death. We are challenged to find greatness in really small acts of humility and to find success in small, insignificant acts of service by the world's standards. Above all, we are challenged to find the greatness of God in the smallness of God. Born of a Virgin Mary, crucified under Pontius Pilate. Jesus, the truly human one, shows us how to actually understand who God is. He challenges us to give up our ideas of God that track too much like the Wizard of Oz. Remember, they walk into the room and there's the big, powerful, loud, daunting, smoky, fiery God. People cowering, submitting. Remember what the wizard says? Do not arouse the wrath of the great and powerful Oz. And I think for a whole lot of us, we still kind of just think, yeah, that's, that, that's God, right? That's why I don't really want to, you know, get close to God. I think Jesus is like Toto. He's kind of quietly sneaks over to the curtain and pulls it back to reveal the most shocking truth of all. Real God actually looks a whole lot like us. That's the trick of Jesus. We think God is this thing. Jesus shows up on a cross and says, you have no idea who God is. The real God looks like us. In Jesus Christ, God reigns from the cross. And everyone in heaven, everyone on earth, frankly, Philippians says, everybody underneath the earth, everybody will bow and confess that this one truly is the Lord. 
And on that day, we will finally see all of our power plays, power moves for the cheap charades that they are. This is the irony at the heart of the gospel. The only one who can show us what it is to be human is God. And the only one who can show us what it is to be God is the truly human one. That's real authority. You can find more resources to help you lead a Jesus-centered life at holyfamilyhtx.org. Again, it's holyfamilyhtx.org.